Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name's Jamie Loftus. My name is Caitlin Durante. And this is our podcast about the portrayal of women in movies. That's right, and how movies usually do a bad job. Yeah. We use the, I don't, I need to like wake up. This is earlier than we usually record. It's 10 a.m. Yeah, I do. I will say the fury of this movie does kind of drive me <laughs> in how today will go. I just need to like wake myself up into it. So we use the Bechdel test, mm-hmm. uh, a media metric created by Alison Bechdel that we use as a starting off point. Yeah. But there's a lot more to talk about than the Bechdel test alone. Indeed. And of course, the Bechdel test, if you're not familiar, requires that a piece of media, uh, a movie, let's say, has two female identifying characters who are named. They must speak to each other and their conversation cannot be about men. Whew. Which sounds boring. Be a doozy. (laughs) Informed by an impending reboot. I haven't seen any of the reviews of the impending reboot. I have not seen reviews. I have seen uh, the trailer several times. I have too, yeah. Which I don't don't think it looks good, but I think it has been at least given a little bit more thought in terms of basically everything than this movie, What Women Want. I hope it's good. Yeah. I hope it's good. I'll probably see it. I just, I'm a Taraji P. Henson stan, mm-hmm. so I will usually go. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't think a, a reboot of a rom com is strange to me. Right. And this, uh, I mean, okay, well, we'll, we'll get into it. There's um, so much. There's, there's too much. In fact, I feel like this movie took me like five hours to watch because I kept what? having to like pause and like take notes and be like, what did he just say? Like oh. what? It was, uh, it was oh, exhausting. I just like went into a blind fury and just typed. <laughs> 
So. Well, well, before we jump in, let's introduce our guest. Yeah. She is an actress. She is a comedian. You remember her from our 10 Things I Hate About You episode. It's Lacey Mosley. Hey. Welcome so, back. Yes. So good to be back with y'all. Oh, that was fun. I had a good time in here yelling about that move. This oh. is fun. Yeah. Yelling, I mean, it keeps it keeps my blood pressure where it needs to be. Right. Yes. <laughs> up. Yeah. Fully up. Almost bursting out of my skin at all times. <laughs> I can feel the blood moving through my veins. Mm-hmm. Y'all feel that, right? That's yeah. a normal feeling. It's good to remember. It's good to remember the that blood moves. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, What Women Want, it's a 2000 movie. It was a hit, big hit, $70 million budget, which is like, what for a, for wh- who why that much i think to make mel gibson dance for that long Ugh. that was <laughs> talk about one of the more upsetting things i've ever but it made uh, almost 400 million dollars oh my god people domestically or like like Whoa. internationally i'm wikipedia leaves so it's probably total okay everywhere just cleaning up i mean this is kind of like in maybe on like the later end of peak Mel Gibson, like when people would go to see a movie, it feels crazy now. But just because he was in it, people would be like, "Ah, oh, the Mel- the thing." Okay, the first thing that drives me crazy is this was directed by a woman, Nancy mm-hmm. Myers, who hasn't who's all over the place. Yes, uh, in and we've terms covered of- several of her movies that she's directed, she's including <laughs> The Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan one, and The Holiday. And The Intern, which is one of my favorite bad movies. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Like, yeah. What if old people wanted to work? <laughs> yeah. How dare and, they? And like Robert De Niro's The Underdog of the movie. I was like, okay, I guess. Really? Yeah, let's see. Anne Hathaway's The Villain. Like, it's just, ooh, I love it. I love it. She's also made some... Some stinkies. She's made uh, Father of the Bride Part 1 and 2. Uh, Haven't seen that. Haven't seen It's Complicated. Oh, It's Complicated was kind of cute. I liked It's Complicated. I I love me some Meryl, though. Meryl in a movie, I'm like, sign me up. (laughs) Even Ricky in the Fash, that shit was bad. But I said, at least you spend the time with your daughter. I did see it. It's Complicated, I kind of did fuck with it. I I think I, I like more Nancy Myers movies than I dislike. Even the holiday, as stupid as it is, oh, I'm disappointed. I loved in you, it. It was like peak rich white lady fantasy for me. I was like, "Ooh, one day when I become a rich white lady, I too would share my house and have an adventure." Yes, bitch. They don't even have an adventure though in the movie. They just stay and at the other people's houses the whole time. They don't even go outside. For me, that's an adventure. It's- it's pre-Airbnb. It was a simpler time. People are oh, excited. Are right? yeah. Just being in someone else's house was wild. They were like, whoa, this is... And then and then Jack Black... My favorite part of that movie is the movie does not consider Jack Black hot enough to kiss. <laughs> While Jude Law is shown actively fucking the whole movie, Jack Black gets a little peck on the cheek at like the last second. And they're yeah. like, that's all you get. Normal looking person. <laughs> Anyways, I, I now that I'm looking at her, I mean, I... I She's definitely got some problematic faves, but in general, this I would say is my least favorite movie of hers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what women want is a movie that 
I hate. So um, it was a fun hate watch. There's a version of this that I could imagine, like making a drinking game and getting very fucked. Like just drink every time you're upset, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you die at the end of alcohol poisoning. Yeah, <laughs> and then you have to get you're like ten away. minutes in. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how frustrating this movie is so quickly. Ooh. Like it's wild. I've never seen an opening montage just go so poorly, so yeah. fast. I was like, whatever this is leading up to, it was not worth it. No, <laughs> not at all. For sure. Ooh. So, Lacey, what's your history with this movie? When did you first see it? You know, so I saw this movie when it came out in 2000. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember seeing this movie. I'm going to put an age on myself. I was nine, yo. And I liked this movie because I was a problematic child. Um, we all were. I mean, I had to go back and look at my tweets from even college. And I was like, oh, who is this bitch? She gonna ruin my life. Yeah. Um, I deleted mad shit. I paid for one of those services and wiped all my shit clean. I said, I don't know that bitch. I ain't never knew her. And nobody can prove that I did. Everyone has to like wipe who they were pre-2014. Right. Like, yeah. just, that like, person before does not I read exist. books, before yeah. I talked to other people, um, <laughs> Lord Jesus. But I remember enjoying this movie. I remember kicking into this movie. I remember being like, oh, this is funny. Yes, male. Um, oh, my God. A time in my life where I said, yes, male. Oh, child. But so I en- I remember enjoying it. Yeah. I remember being like, oh, I loved rom-coms. And I've always loved comedy, sure. obviously. So I remember being like, oh, this movie is cute. And then, look, he, he, now he sympathized with the women because he heard their thoughts. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was me. Problematic Lacey. <laughs> hey, we were all there. We were all there. All fully there. Jamie, what about you? Uh, this was my mom's favorite movie. For... <laughs> I think this was a lot of mom's favorite movies. No, I was... that makes sense. My yeah. boyfriend was saying the same thing. He's like, every mom in Wisconsin fucking squirts for this movie. <laughs> like, there, my mom had this on VHS. I remember, I like, I, I don't think I saw it. I've seen it in like bits and pieces on TV over the years. I think this was the first time I'd seen it all the way through. But I knew this story because my mom would my mom would use this movie and click as like ways to impart life lessons to me. <laughs> Where with click, she'd always be like, you know, you really can't go back. <laughs> like, <laughs> Who's your mom? My mom. <laughs> she's just a demented woman. <laughs> she is just. You know, you can't go back. <laughs> she's like, you know, you really. It's I there's wish no I, rewind button. On I wish life. I had a click, but I don't. <laughs> oh, this. Is- uh, but what women want was like when she thought it was so funny. She was like, I mean, she might still be struggling through uh, the whole because she loved Mel Gibson and uh, had 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 a lot to work through. But yeah, my experience was I'm pretty sure I saw like chunks of it on like TNT over the course of years. For sure. But this was my first time all the way through, and it was a journey. Right. Yeah. It was a journey I'll never forget. <laughs> And I hate to say it, but it like it has like the pacing and the parts of all Nancy Myers movies that I do like. So it was weird to see a movie that was like paced and looked and sort of sounded like a movie that I have liked, but have everything filled in with horrible bullshit. See, um, I think the pacing is one of this movie's worst things, and there's a it's lot over the place. wrong with it. Because first of all, it's two out over two hours. Which, Which is, is way too long for offensive. a rom com. Yeah. And it like 
it just feels like it takes a really long time for the romantic story to get going, and then in the last two seconds, he has to be like, "Judy Greer, don't yeah, kill there's yourself." All the, there's <laughs> all these <laughs> what was that, subplots, <laughs> and that shit was still funny. We'll get to that. But I was like, "The fuck." I, it's interesting. I think if I enjoyed Mel Gibson, like if I thought he was like a zaddy or something, then yeah. I would understand the pacing more. Because I'd be like, oh, they'd be like, you know, I'm watching this movie because I have a hard on for Mel Gibson. So, you know, having dance and shit. And right. ooh, more he's, not his abs. he's not. He's not. He's, he's not charming. He looked like an uncle in this movie, too. He was <laughs> quite. I remember how old he was. I remember thinking he looked young in the movie. I don't know. I think that I'm like 2000. I guess was a long fucking time ago. Yeah. Where people were like, "Yeah, I would. I want this scene to go on longer." <laughs> Why is that dancing scene so long? So long. I don't even. Know. It, it felt like like they took his resume and was like, "Well, what has he not done in the movie yet? Uh, let's <laughs> do his accent. Let's do the accent. You know when he's talking on the TV? He oh, like, does Sean Connery. Yeah, let's do his Sean oh, Connery. Yeah. Let's just do his Sean Connery. And then also they were just picking off the resume. Let's do the dance thing. Let's throw the dancing in. Yeah, it's not in the script, but just throw it in. <laughs> the fuck? And then he turns on bitch, and then he takes his shirt off. I'm like, this is not... What bitch should be playing during is a shirtless Mel Gibson. That's the opposite of what that song stands for. <laughs> right. yeah. I oh god, I did love to. See, I mean, although I do love to see Mel Gibson get electrocuted, that was fun. <laughs> that was tight. That it happened got twice. three separate That's times. Easy. Oh, three, right? Three. Oh yeah, because he, he, he tries to, to re-electrocute himself, and then at the end he before, accidentally gets electrocuted. Before again. going to a doctor, he's like, "Let me just get drunk and electrocute <laughs> myself <laughs> a second time," which could have cut the movie short. Oh, <laughs> sure, especially with the amount of electrocution they showed. Like they zoomed out from the building, and it was like an explosion. He was hit by lightning. <laughs> but don't worry, he's good though. That's fine. Miles he's alive. <laughs> yeah, he wakes up on his couch. <sighs> Oh, God. My history with the movie is I don't think I saw it the whole way through either until just watching it to prep for the episode. But I thought that I had, and I think it's just because I've seen the trailer for this movie a million times. Like, I remember seeing the trailer when the movie was coming out, and then I just that made me think that I had seen it or I knew the premise. And so I think maybe I've seen parts of it. In any case, there was so much that I didn't remember or didn't know about. And I am furious about it. (laughs) But shall we get into the recap? I guess so. There's so many subplots to tackle. I feel like this movie needs two subplots gone. Gone. Yeah. Yes. There's so many, there's so many, women in his life so suddenly the judy greer storyline like makes mental illness what it isn't in every single way but to the point where it did make me laugh where she just walking around like i'm i just was someone like bumps her he's like i wish he'd killed me i was like so whoever wrote this has never been depressed a day in their fucking life that's not what she got crazed so poorly. She got crazed. I was like, he almost killed me. I wish. He I had. wish he had. <laughs> what? Like, yikes! And I love that that like she wanted to kill herself because she didn't get a promotion or like that's just meant to years ago. That feels yeah. like not enough. The there way are... suicidality is handled is so bonkers. bad. It's just completely wrong to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm down to laugh. This right. is a thing that's never happened before. Right. <laughs> like, Maybe that's what they way. were going for. 
I don't know. I hope so. Because they were like, this is a way to treat suicide and not have it be in the realm of reality. Because if it was too real, it wouldn't fit the tone of the movie, which just to me is like, then just don't have it. Don't have it. Get rid of it. Yeah. But also, I love that he doesn't notice that she's suicidal till the end, but he does notice that she's funny. He says, (laughs) he's like, oh, you know what? We should have her as a copywriter. She's very funny. Every time I bump into her, she's like, well, she would have murdered me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he doesn't. He does notice. But he totally brushes it off. He's like, she's funny, suicidal, but funny, and that's what matters here. And, and then like, he finds, what? and then he's like, she's not here. Oh no, she meant all those suicidal thoughts she was having. <laughs> Better go to her apartment. Oh my uh, god, she has a, a cat though. So she does. Cats have, have eight cat. nipples anyway. Okay. But doesn't he like? Fi- doesn't he find her suicide note? And then, but then she's there, and she's, she's there. like. She's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, he's holding your suicide note. So yeah. this has to be a conversation. It's... Or just tell him to leave. But then he's like, haha, you are funny. Do you want to be promoted? And then she's like, oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes a yes. reason to live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you to work for Mel You Gibson. fixed my suicide. <laughs> also, I'm here. Bef- before he fixed our suicide, he has a whole moment to himself about his own shit. Like, he's like, comes in, is like, mm-hmm. bitch, don't kill yourself. Then she's like, oh, why are you here? Then he's like, I can hear your thoughts. Say some thoughts. I'm saying thoughts. Right. I can hear shit. Let me think about me. Turns around, has yeah. a moment to himself about his own life, and then is like, right, 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 right. Don't kill yourself, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he like goes back to it. Oh, there's something more urgent here. Uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's. I. He takes a break bananas. from stopping this woman's suicide to have <laughs> to a be moment. like, oh my god, <laughs> the third act of the movie. It's still happening. There's a lot of moments in this movie where Mel Gibson is really like mugging to nobody. That's like one of them. There's the moment he's in like the department store and he's hearing thoughts. He's like, oh, I can't. Oh. I was like, you look completely like out of your mind. And then later when he's like, oh, well, this thing that I have is actually a gift. And he's like running down the street and like getting close to women to like hear their thoughts. Yes. And he's like, so this is great. He immediately starts abusing it, but with the yeah. permission of a woman. So we're supposed to think that's okay. Cause it's like, Oh, oh. Bette Midler's old trifling ass. Oh, I used it's, to love Bette Midler. And then she came out as a white feminist on Twitter. <laughs> oh, child. But back when I used to love, so she just comes out and is like, Mel, you have a gift. Yeah. Go use that shit against everybody. <laughs> and Mel's and like, then she never you. comes back. Never, never. never. She's <laughs> she, not even credited in the movie. Really? Which is wild. <laughs> she doesn't appear in the credits. That's very funny. <laughs> That's very, maybe wild. she saw it and then she was like, I don't know. She's like, never mind. Take me out. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't know. But, but you're in question. I used to love you, man. I had your album. Anyway, uh, okay. another time. But All yes. right. So the story. I'll, try to, I'll get through this as quickly as possible because there's so much to talk about. Ooh. But okay. So we meet Nick Marshall, played by Mel Gibson. He is a player. He's a manipulator of women. He has an ex-wife who feels that uh, he never understood her. He has a 15-year-old daughter named Alex who he's never really connected with. Uh, There's this woman named Lola who works at a coffee shop that he keeps trying to ask out. We see him at work. He's up for a big promotion as a creative director at the ad agency where he works. Um, But he doesn't get it because Darcy McGuire, Helen Hunt's character, is hired instead. And Nick knows of this person and thinks that she is a bitch on wheels. Quote from the movie. <laughs> and 
it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. She is hired over him because his boss, uh, played by Alan Alda, is like, we need, it's a woman's world out there, you know? Like, Alan Alda, how could you? How could he? How could you? He's like, younger women are buying stuff, so we like need to cater to that demographic. So that's why he hires Darcy. And uh, she comes in. She's like, hey, let's figure out how to advertise this box of products to it's women. very expensive box of products yeah. that everyone gets. And Nick is all like, what a fucking bitch she is for, also, like, doing her job. The, like, the low-key framing of, like, yeah, like, the whole point of this movie is to sell products to women that are too expensive that they don't need. Yeah. So it's a real uh, capitalist love story we're, oh, we're entering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then there's a five-minute scene of him dancing to Frank Sinatra, um, which does not need to be in the movie. I guess it's trying to endear us to him because otherwise he's so irredeemable. But anyway. He's getting more and more naked, and you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> so upsetting. I didn't ask for this. Uh, and so as he's trying these different products, and he's struggling with them because he doesn't understand women, mm. um, and he's talking to himself way too much, he, like, accidentally, like, pratfall-style electrocutes himself with a hairdryer in a bathtub. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> he's also listening to Bitch. He's listening Quintessential to bitch. Woman's bitch. Yeah. Alanis Morissette? No, I always think it's no, Alanis Morissette too. It's, it's, it's someone, someone else random. who is not Alanis Morissette, Damn. but I always think it's Alanis Morissette. Yeah, just because it's got bitch in the title. <laughs> Sounds like a 90s Alanis Morissette. Meredith song. Brooks. Yes, that's the one. I don't. Did she make any other songs? I think she's no. had a few other hits, maybe. I don't know. That's her song. That's her song. Yeah. Hard to say. <laughs> Sorry all to all you Meredith Brooks fans out there who <laughs> are. Are screaming at us right now. Heads are gonna come for us, dude. <laughs> Don't you fuck with Mary B. Like, text you be like, my mansions are demolished. <sighs> so our apologies, heads. but Sorry, um. Brooksy. Anyway, so when he wakes up, he discovers that he can hear women's thoughts. Is it because he got electrocuted by an enchanted women's hair product? I, I thought because he had on all the ladies, stuff. all the ladies stuff. Uh, he had on the nail polish and he had on the bra, the leg, pantyhose, uh, the pantyhose and the bra. Everything. Although, I, and I did not like that his nails were perfectly painted. I was like, well, how the fuck he paint his nails he, so well? And he got a it. top coat on. Get the fuck out of here! Mel ain't put no damn top coat on. <laughs> sure, I can't even do that. Fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. Um, so then. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God, I'm going crazy. Why can I hear these women's thoughts? And there's, like, this pitch meeting that he performs badly at because he learns that a bunch of women think that he is a jerk. And he is genuinely shocked. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like what, what, what? He's starting to think nobody likes me. <laughs> but also, when he can first hear the thoughts, there's, I mean, we can break these down in detail later. Yeah. But the way that the thoughts work kind of depends on what the scene is. Because at first, he's walking down the street and women are thinking about the most stereotypical women thinking she, oh, one yeah. woman's like estrogen and the other woman's like child rearing and, yeah, and the next one's like calories well, did I, I do like, the right oh, thing God. in the kitchen I don't know <laughs> and, but, then, but then when he gets to the office then it gets like more critical of him but at first ever but still women are like, only ever thinking the... about him yeah. except for a few exceptions yeah the thought the, the thoughts were first you, like you said all women's thoughts like oh my pushgina and like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh nips and then lady bits and men maybe and then it turns into just everything is about him and every woman in his life completely thinks and works for him yeah. <laughs> 
Even in their own brains, they're not free of being obsessed with him. With yep. fucking Mel Gibbs. Yeah. Um, okay, so then, meanwhile, his daughter, Alex, is staying with him. She's got a boyfriend who uh, he doesn't like. Mm. She and her dad are not getting along. And then he he can hear his daughter's thoughts, too. And he's all like, oh, no, how dare my daughter have any sexual feelings? And then he tries to reverse what has happened by re-electrocuting himself, but it does not work. He just gets electrocuted. Yeah, he just gets electrocuted, but survives, and he's fine. Uh, So he goes to his um, former marriage counselor, played by Bette Midler, and she's like, wow, this is actually a gift. This is a good thing for you. You have to learn from this and if you know what women want then you can rule she says and he's like she's like why yeah who are and then is also like supposed to be the justification for him being a complete piece of shit with this new gift but it's like a woman told him to so you all asked for it yeah (laughs) yeah this movie finds so many ways to blame what's happening on on women women. (laughs) it's Nuts. It's like he was raised by a bunch of floozies. The big old yeah. time floozy hoes. Yeah. And they taught him to be this misogynistic. And they said, touch my ass because I'm a floozy hoe in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> like what? To the very beginning, his ex-wife absolves him of everything. everything. Yeah. It's not like, and which also like if you think about it for two seconds, makes no sense of like, oh, he was raised by a single mother who is like working in Vegas, but he hates women. Like, it just doesn't... I think they were trying to say that because he was raised by what is deemed to be not respectable, uh, you know, women who right. obviously don't uh, have any self-esteem because they're right. floozy hoes, <laughs> um, then obviously how could he respect women because he's never known a woman who respected herself. Ugh. Right. God. Ugh. Exhausting. Directed by a woman. This movie... And, and they... co-written by a woman. Ugh. And I know. It's shame on everyone involved. <laughs> Indeed. This movie has, like, very little little respect for uh any like woman who isn't like white and working in an office yeah because yeah. even at the end in that scene with his daughter where the daughter's like and then he kissed a, a slut with a tongue ring and then he was like i can't believe he kissed a slut, slut with, with a, a tongue, tongue ring, ring. Just like, we have Ugh. to say that again yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're like no we have to also let mel gibson say it because yeah. he's a feminist icon and people want to hear it Oh, Oh, sorry. So he uses what now he also believes to be this gift to uh, take out Lola or to to ask her out. And he's like, don't worry, I won't hurt you. He's reading all our thoughts. She's manipulating her. I do love her. Goodness. Um, And she like really likes him. So he's like basically taking advantage of the situation. Uh, And then uh, back at the office, he goes to Darcy and he learns via her thoughts that she wants to land the Nike women's division as a client. Do you think maybe Nike gave this movie a little bit of money to repeatedly hmm. call them the most feminist brand that's ever existed? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's like a very long scene where Helen Hunt is like, okay, so Nike as we know, loves and respects women in every way. And uh, this is like what we have to do to just put on display how much women should be buying Nike products. And Mel Gibson's like, yes, of course, Nike and women. It's like, Jesus <laughs> when they Christ. make out, she's moaning, oh, Nike, oh, <laughs> yeah. just do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> set 
Shadow advertising. Shout out to y'all. Oh, goodness. Um, so he's like, hey, I'll help you with Nike. And then their boss comes in and he's like, hey, w- w- let me get your read on something. And then Nick steals all of her thoughts and uses them as his own. Not the first time he's done this. He already tried it with Anna Gasteyer. Right. Uh, but it backfired. Unsuccessfully. So now he's better at stealing women's he's ideas. He's better at mm-hmm. it. And because he's still trying to sabotage Darcy and get her fired because he still wants her job. Yes. Um, he's trying to get on his daughter's good side by offering to buy her a prom dress. Um, he goes on that date with Lola and they have sex and he's bad at it at first. And then he starts, he's like, wait a minute, if I just listen to her thoughts, I'll be good at sex. And then that works. Marissa and... Tomei really overacts uh... her way through it, but I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. The whole thing where she's like, ah! Mel Gibson's <laughs> penis, good Nike, Then he starts bonding with various women at his office, and he Sarah Paulson's there. So yeah. many the great women talented, actresses. yeah, and their talents are completely wasted on wasted. this movie. Jeez. Like, but they got a check, honey. Get that right. check. Get the money. Get oh gosh, oh, God. I mean, I guess if you're like. An up and coming like actress that's like, do you want to be in a Nancy Myers movie? You're like, sure, yeah. yeah. But then they're like, the twist is, it's the worst Nancy <laughs> Myers movie. <laughs> um, so then he and Darcy start to work together on the pitch for Nike, and he uses his mind reading powers to make her think that they're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she thinks, uh, and he knows her thoughts, that she might be attracted to him. Uh, and then she looks at his penis in that scene that I think is from the trailer but oh they looked at the penis twice oh I looked at his penis oh no I looked at it again I kind of giggled but also I shouldn't have also she (laughs) she reacts in a way that is like not subtle and she could have just been like oops um, so then they start to flirt and they go on to this like romantic dinner. They kiss. Uh, and then later Lola is like, wait a minute. Remember when you had sex with me? You're gay. And he's like, Women be yeah, crazy. it was, yeah, be oh, crazy. We, there's so much to unpack with that scene. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in the pitch meeting to Nike, he started, he's feeling guilty about having stolen her ideas, but she's like, no, 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 you do the pitch meeting. So he does it. And he nails it. Everyone in Nike's immediately like, where can I, I sign? This guy's one. Yeah. I want to give him my vagina. <laughs> so brutal. And then Alan Alda's like, wow, this Darcy lady, what a mistake that was. So he fires her because he thinks that she hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. And then Nick's like, wait a minute. No, the good ideas were actually hers. You've got to hire her back. And then the various subplots that don't need to be in the movie <laughs> oh, Lord. come to a conclusion where he uh, has Judy to go to Greer prom. To... Yes, Mel Gibson goes to prom. <laughs> they they walk him through the whole prom. <laughs> Look, it ain't, a, it ain't a rom-com without, without prom, prom, okay? We, Nobody has to be so... in high school for the prom to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we always Mel say. Mel Gibson just shows up at a prom. Mel Gibson's 46 years old at fucking prom. This grown <laughs> ass man and they try to make that shit look cool he gets it with no problem he approaches (laughs) a teenage girl he's like hey do you know my daughter she's got brown hair and And everyone's like like, yeah "Yeah." (laughs) oh the brown haired girl yeah she's in there (laughs) 
And then her, his daughter is like, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I was going to frick, but then guys are bad. And then he was like, he was like, listen, I know what it's like to be a woman. Yes, because I heard their thoughts for like three days. <laughs> I know what it's like to be a woman. And if he's kissing a slut with a tongue ring, just come home and take a nap. And she's like, I forgive you for not being there my until yesterday. <laughs> Oh, it's a mess. Also, his ex-wife calls him. There's so many unnecessary scenes in this movie where, yeah. like, his ex-wife didn't need to call him from a cruise. We didn't need to see the cruise. At no. all. They, they paid for a whole cruise They had $70 scene. million, dollars, bitch. You gonna see the cruise, okay? Right. <laughs> I said, this, why not? Let's get a boat. Shit, we can afford it. <laughs> She's like, I'm on a cruise anyways. I don't know if prom's going well. I was like, right. why this is this movie the whole flex? <laughs> I do appreciate that. They were just like, fuck it. Let's the cruise in. Uh, let's do a whole prom. Uh, like, yeah. Y'all didn't mean none of this. No. Shit. Yeah, chase through Chinatown to get to Judy Greer's apartment right. to save her life. Like it's just there's so much. They're like New York City is hours. <laughs> it's Chicago. It's not it's even Chicago. New York City. You know where advertising happens. No. It's Chicago. This where of Chicago. course there are advertising firms. And but like there's that scene where um, Sarah Paulson's like, "Hey, boyfriend, you can write from anywhere. If I want to be in advertising, I have to work." in Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> and like, oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So, so I feel bad for everyone who yeah. had to be in this movie. <laughs> so all these subplots like come to an end. He saves Judy Greer's life. That's the whole thing. And then finally he gets a hold of Darcy and he's uh, like, he admits to stealing her thoughts and manipulating her and all of this stuff. And then she's like, well. But does he really, does like he... The way he explains it to her is weird, where he's like, I was stealing all your ideas, and she wasn't... She does not question it at all. Maybe she was also writing them down somewhere, but she's never like, what, did you go into my computer? Like, did you... Yeah, she needs no details. She's like, okay. She's like, oh, that's not cool. And And you're fired. And you're fired. Which, that was fun. That was fun. She does fire him, but then she's like... But you're still my boyfriend. Yeah. So let's listen, you're kiss. fired from my job, but you're hired to my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> now get to work. <laughs> oh, oh fuck. So, it, that last scene is a mess. She also, there's so many, I'm like, is she good at her job? Because she doesn't check to see if she's actually been rehired after the man who's like, I've been lying to you this whole time, <laughs> mm-hmm. is like, actually, I was reading your thoughts and you're fired, but also you're rehired. And she was, she was like, like, uh-huh. She was like, do I really have my job back? Yeah. The man who lied to me this whole time? <laughs> you're fired. Let's kiss. <laughs> and then they kiss and then it is, mercifully, over two hours later, it's over. Yes, Ooh, indeed. Oh, it was a long movie. It was a long so, movie. So, we gotta take a quick break, but we'll come right back for the discussion. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. 
I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math and Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. <laughs> Where to start? I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, I feel like we touched on some of it in the recap. The first thing that stood out to, out to me was what you were saying, Lacey, of like the beginning sequence, another expensive, not important sequence, is the, <laughs> the child in Vegas being grown up and smoking cigars and being kissed all the, like as an eight-year-old. That whole sequence is like, well, this is setting us up for a fucking disaster. Right. Uh, so that, I mean, we, I, I don't know how, if there's much more to say about it because like many things in this movie, the topic of his mother and his upbringing is never brought up again. Right. And... The the thing that was problematic about the child's upbringing wasn't all the women around him. It was no. just that one man who had him smoking cigars right. and counting money and was that one, smacking ass smacking and shit. And, grabbing and was like, boobs. oh, come here, titty bitch. And then he was like, get back to work, kid. Keep counting that money. I'm like, also, what so, time like, was that man from? Like, I, I'm like, I guess no like a 1940s, like, film noir guy. Child Mel Gibson is his accountant. Like, his accountant's like an eight-year-old. He's like, start counting this. He's like a fucking, he just like wanders into central casting. <laughs> but I was, I was like, like, the women were actually lovely. They were like, oh, yeah. hi, sweetheart. And he grew up around so many nice women. But I guess because they had their breasts out and they were, right. they were the thoughts he, of the time. That... <laughs> he hated them. <laughs> like they were bad women, I guess. It really makes no sense. It makes no sense. The whole intro. And again, it's like words put into his ex-wife's mouth. So yeah. it seems like. The way she's explaining it is like because he grew up around like women that aren't to my standard. That's why he's a raging misogynist. But then the movie's like, no, but she's right because look, he's a raging misogynist. 
And then we get to the first sequence, which in the first, I was trying to clock it, in the space of five minutes, he sexually harasses his housekeeper within an inch of her life, including slapping her ass, calling her babe, make me a sandwich, the whole nine yards. Then he gets to work, he bumps into a woman, so she spills coffee, and then he grabs her titty and is just like, oh, I'm sorry. And then she's like, oh. She loves it. Hit her on purpose with this fucking... That bothered me a lot. bad. Because I was in my head weighing, would I rather a man grab my titty or spill my coffee on me on purpose? And I was like, I would... My outfit! Yeah. That should make me mad. I'm like, you fuck my whole shit up, then grab my titty. And then I'm supposed to be like, thank you so much, Mr. Sir. Like, what? That was the most unrealistic part of the movie like that you bumped into me on bad. purpose and then you grab my whole titty yeah and then she was like "Ooh," i was Ooh. like she skipped out <laughs> that shirt is ruined and you were assaulted that's yeah. not good uh then he goes to marissa tomei who in this scene says no to him three times where he's like i want you to go out with me and she's like no i'm not your type which is like Sure, whatever. Mm. And then he's like, "Yeah, you sure got a grande dick." And then <laughs> she's like, "She's like, no, I don't want to." And then he like touches her hand. And he's like, "Ah, but what if you went out with me?" There's a fucking line behind him. And she's like, "No, I don't think so." And then he's like, well, "Are you sure?" And then at the end, she's like, "Okay, okay I like and you." And you know what's crazy about that is I've seen so many movies do that thing, yeah. but the guy like gets increasingly charming and it works. But I've never seen. And even then, I'm like, "This is not real life." I said, "No, tell your ass." It's Cause no, you whack. Yeah, like please stop asking me out. He gets increasingly yeah. creepier, yeah. and it works. That was the weird thing for me. Is I was like, this motherfucker didn't even get no more charming. He was like, yeah. go out with me, go out with go me, work. and get this dick. <laughs> go out with me. I'm gonna touch you now. Like, he al- what? He also said, I don't know how where the Starbucks uh, sizes were at at this time, but he says he says grande, which is medium. Yeah. So he's like, I've got a medium <laughs> sized dick. Day. You want some of this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, it's more of a tall, <laughs> small dick. Uh, so we're still not out of the first five minutes of the movie. Oh, uh, he, oh, okay. So then, and now he's at work. He says that horrible joke to that woman where he's like, "Is it crazy how your wife doesn't suck your dick anymore?" And she's like, "Ha ha 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 ha." And then he goes up to his friend, who I thought was Breckenmeyer, but wasn't. That's the only way I can oh, think of to describe that actor. I thought that he was the guy from uh, The Walking Dead. Oh, oh. see, it could have been, or not, but it's neither of them. Neither. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that bigger lady, like who wasn't mm-hmm. bigger? She was Hollywood fat, like mm-hmm. where like, like size a six. normal size right. woman. Yeah. She's a six, and she's trying to eat a donut. And he's like, "Put that down, fat bitch." <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. <It's- laughs> In passing, he's just walking right. by. It's insane. And then, and then he like the first five minutes ends when he's at Sarah Paulson, <sighs> and Sarah, and he's just like, I think that's like the least bad of the interactions, but it's still bad because he's just condescending to her, and he's right. like, "Get my coffee," blah blah blah. Yeah. And that is how the movie starts. Right. So, he sexually harasses no less than like ten people. Oh, <laughs> fat shares and salts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's the Ruins thing about the outfits this of <laughs> like everything women hate. He does in the first five minutes of the movie. It's really the the joke about the joke was incoherent. The one about you was crazy after ten years, work still sucks, but your wife still doesn't, doesn't suck. suck. 
I'm getting divorced. And then he like walks away. You're like, no shit, you're getting divorced. Well, that's you're- okay. So we he's set up to be this like horrible misogynist right. who I guess as the audience, we're supposed to see that he's a misogynist, but he's also the protagonist. So we're like, ah, he's charming. And so what if he's assaulting and harassing women? It's weird. Yeah. He wasn't even that charming. And no, maybe that's Mel no. Gibson's fault because I just think Mel Gibson is inherently not charming. Yeah. But this guy's not charming. No. No. Nothing he did. I was like, I could see how somebody would get away with this. Like, I was always like, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, 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 like, the uncanny valley of, like, us needing to believe Mel Gibson is hot is, like, on par with, like, the Polar Express. You're just like, there, no, this looks wrong. Yeah. Like, everything about this is wrong. Yeah. I feel tricked. You're I feel like Hollywood hot. was like, this man is sexy to y'all. And I was like, no, we never <laughs> no. agreed on this. We never said this. <laughs> we were like, we said so. <laughs> get to lusting. But then, uh, so whenever he can start to hear women's thoughts, he realizes that all of the comments he's been making have been not received well and that he has not been respecting women. So to me, it feels like this movie attempts to make a feminist message. I don't think it succeeds or no. works at all. But I don't it, know that that... I don't... That's what is like... A lot of moms love this movie, and that is baffling to me. But I'm like, is... I don't know. It's not feminist in any way, but I do, there are moments where you can tell the movie thinks it's doing that. Right. And you're just like, ah. Well, because I think the the message of the, the movie is supposed to be, or the thing that the like filmmakers intended for the audience to take away was that, oh, man, this this guy who doesn't respect women until he's forced to like get inside their heads and like learn that he's been sexist to them this whole time. So he has to like change his attitude about women if he wants to keep having sex with them he's gotta learn he's gotta listen like there is like an attempt at a like men should listen to women more yeah, I could see this being revolutionary at the time, at the time I think yeah. of it kind of like I mean we're progressively getting more feminist you know as the years go on or at least starting to listen to women the structures the infrastructures that keep women and people of color still exist or keep us down they, you know they exist yeah. um, still and they're going very strong but at least there are mediums where we can be heard so I feel like this movie was probably like if you were in solitary confinement and then somebody let you like walk around a, a prison cell you'd be like oh damn yeah. <laughs> Look at me, I got a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I got a bed. Is that sunlight? There's, like, right. like you'd be like, like that is a step up. Uh, <laughs> you still in jail, but right. you know, yeah. like, bitches got a little room to move around. No, you ain't got to talk right. to the wall no more. It's, <laughs> like, it's just, I, it's just like crazy different. If if this movie, well, I I don't know. Like I feel like we were all too young to really know like, right. what the yeah. vibe was then. But like, if the first movie that was like, hey guys, maybe listen to a woman. For the first time in 2000, they're like, holy <laughs> shit, everyone's got to see this movie. Right. Like, this is revolutionary. Like, what? Yeah. When I talk? <laughs> and maybe you won't grab my breast and ruin my shirt? <laughs> it's also just crazy that a movie called What Women Want <laughs> yeah. stars Mel Gibson. It's told from his point of view. It's about a guy who never stops manipulating women yeah. until maybe the very, very end. And it also doesn't help that... It's Mel Gibson, and he is a notorious racist and notoriously anti-Semitic, and yeah. he's a piece Very of shit. Very anti-women. He's got some mean voicemails he's left women. Um, he's absolutely, like, hasn't he? Which rings like, true in the movie. I think that's why I don't, 
he's not even a little bit charming. You can't. Because there so are hard some men who get away with doing shit because you'd be like mostly fine men. Uh, mm. My mom works in HR and was always like, you know, we never get any reports about hot guys. That's just what doesn't um, happen. And I was like, I'm it's not okay. It's not still? okay. But there are some people who get away with more shit because you'd be like, mm, you kind of fine. Does like, that still happen though? Because I feel like, t- I like think today. It is a, I think it's an individual basis. I don't think sure. that there's a person alive who can be disrespectful to a group of people and someone's not going to find it disrespectful. Right. But right. I think that there are people who get a little bit more case-by-case acknowledgement yeah. than others. And this does, and that Mel's does... not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and it does seem something like a movie like this could reinforce uh and a lot of movies reinforce ideas like that where like when hot guys harass you mm. it's fine because you're supposed to like want to be with them at all yeah. so right oh, that's ugh. well we live in hell so. <laughs> <laughs> well this movie is cool. so this movie also it reinforces the idea that women are impossible to figure out that they never say what they mean, that we aren't, like, clear communicators. Also that uh, when you're walking around, you're just like, estrogen. Right. And that you think full, complete sentences. That was what was bothering me. I was like, how much of my day do I actually spend thinking, like, oh, my God, I looked at his penis. Like, is that a thought I'm having? I'm stuttering in my head (laughs) 24-7. I'm like, I don't know. In my head? I'm stuttering in my head? (laughs) Also, the fact that he finds out he has this ability and then first he thinks it's a curse and then when he whenever Bette Midler convinces him that it's oh. actually a gift she he's like that. well hey it's fine then for me to just completely be so invasive and read women literally read women's thoughts in order to like figure them out and trick them and manipulate them like this makes him so irredeemable throughout the entire movie, and then the movie like makes the attempt to redeem him at in the, the end. In the worst possible fucking minutes. way, yeah. with Marissa yeah. Tomei standing at, at his house, and then him being like, it's so hard for me to lie and say that I'm gay, because I'm obviously so straight. <laughs> I obviously can't <sighs> stop fucking women. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to make this concession for you, because I read your mind and tricked you into betting me. Like, what? He spends so much of this, the time of this movie, stealing women's ideas, <laughs> totally steamrolling them, gaslighting them into being like, no, this was my idea. <laughs> just, it's horrible. That first scene with uh, Anna Gastar, is that how you say her name? I believe I so. I say it wrong. But like when he's first starting to realize that he can be a thought grifter. He, like, steals an idea from one of the female employees in the room, Mm. says it, but says it kind of wrong. And then immediately, because, I don't know, like, I don't guess our idea also doesn't sound good. But it's like Advil, what you take when you need to fake fake a headache headache. so you don't have sex with your man. (laughs) Right. Right. I was like, this is already too long of a journey for a single (laughs) billboard. (laughs) I'm having an Advil tonight because I don't want (laughs) to have your dick. What? (laughs) And then Mel Gibson tries to communicate. <laughs> Women this can't bad say no. Idea they got to take incense. Don't forget. <laughs> like, that's how far women. Also, a testament to how far women have to go to just say they don't want to have sex. They have to take an Advil. 
<laughs> you had to buy Advil not because you needed because you need to fake, fake a headache because it's like a gentle pill in front of right, your right because women are up. so frigid that we never want to have sex with our husbands or whatever and also if you don't want to you can't just say so <laughs> right. you, you can't say not to fake an injury you need to fake an injury you have to and, like ruin your liver and your kidneys <laughs> with like medicine you don't need so then so then Mel Gibson tries to present that idea as his own and then Helen Hunt is like what are you talking about and then Mel Gibson Gibson, instead of being like, I'm sorry, that wasn't a good idea, he then weaponizes it against the person whose idea it was. Yeah. Where he goes up to Anna Gasteyer and he's like, you f- don't fuck your husband, do you? <laughs> and then she is like, what? And he's like, you fake your orgasms, don't you? And she's like, no, I never fake my orgasms. And he's like, fuck you. And he sits down. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck? Also, if he's supposed to be good at advertising, like, <laughs> you can't tell what a good idea is and what a bad idea is. Like, you were just like, all right, who, which one of these bitches is thinking right now? He's so uh, bad you. at his job. Okay, let me get that thought. You a woman. <laughs> it's gotta be good. Like, what? Also, don't forget that he interrupted the other woman who was trying to pitch Helen Hunt an idea. He's like, yeah. wait a minute, let me interrupt. A man's talking. Here's my stupid idea about Advil. And that's the same woman who he was like, wives don't suck enough dick. Right. Anyways, <laughs> like that was the same lady. Yeah. God. And yet we're supposed to feel that he has been redeemed by the end of the movie. And then he's, so the majority, he so he finds someone who is very so Helen Hunt's really good at her job and he steals her thoughts and presents them as his own which she doesn't really push back on ever which is bizarre yeah where she's like that's so crazy I was just thinking that but then even so if she was just thinking that then like we're gonna together like there I don't because the, the, the thought is is that women are so insecure right and that like oh she got this job but come on guys we all know she got the job because she's a woman right she had a push drina and we needed one <laughs> to really reformat our company so here she is yeah and Alan Arkin like <laughs> Alan says, Alda. Oh, he says <laughs> fuck uh, Alan he says that yeah. he literally says like you're not gonna believe this but women are making purchases out there so he like <laughs> he like tokenizes her before we even meet her yeah and then she is i mean and that's like a whole other like but they made it issue. true they didn't actually even make her smart because she never says any of your ideas like out loud it's that he steals them from her head and realizes that she's smart which otherwise he would not have or he, yeah, I don't know what would have happened if he did. I feel like maybe he might have crashed and burned because then she would have been good at her job. Right, I think things would have worked out much better for her if he couldn't read her. If thoughts. He wasn't around because then yeah. he would have. He wouldn't have gotten the promotion. He still wouldn't have been good at his job. She was having the good ideas, and she wouldn't have wanted to hang out with him because she heard he was an asshole. Yeah, because I feel like the movie tried to make it seem like, well, if he wasn't stealing her thoughts, would she have ever said them? And I was like, oh, right, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think she would have. I hope so. Also, the advertisement that he like stole from her head and then formulated into the ad was still about men. Like the ad yeah. at yeah. the end of the day was about men. It was like the road that you run on. It doesn't care if you have on lipstick. It doesn't care if yeah. you're old or you're young. Like a man would care. It will call you back. Unlike that man that you're dealing with. Like this road <laughs> is better than a man. You're like what? It's you like, could fuck this road if you wanted to. It'd probably make you come better than a man. What? <laughs> what is happening? It's like the road is for. It's just. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I 
And then the women are like, oh, I love it. Yes. yes Where do like, I sign? me up. The road is for unfuckable women. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. <sighs> we got to take another quick break, but we'll come right back. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Another thing I wanted to say about the Alan Alda character in that whole situation is uh, Alan Alda doesn't hire a woman to uh, give her a professional opportunity or to like diversify the company's employees he only does it so that they can make money and he thinks that like oh well if we do this then like we're gonna pull in a whole different demographic of people and that'll make us money and i feel like that's a lot of what the thinking is in like hollywood Mm -hmm. still where it's like well we don't really care about you know showing the stories of women or people of color or queer people but it's trendy to do right now and people seem to be paying money to go see those stories so let's do it yeah and it's like they're capitalizing on a movement rather than like actually giving people a platform to tell their stories because they actually care about doing that and they're so so honest about it yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like if you're commenting on it in the movie that's 
one thing, but they're not. They're, they're not just doing it. <laughs> they're yes. saying, look, yes, white men are more interesting than all of you. Hetero white men. We're the best. We're mm-hmm. the most interesting. But apparently, bitches is out here buying shit. So, so let's, we gotta let's get one of those yeah. ones with the boobs in here so, <laughs> so that we can get some of that money. Mel Gibson says, I hear she is a bitch on wheels. And then Alan Alda replies, that is very funny. <laughs> 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 there is okay i'm sorry but there is something very funny about why on wheels is, it like, is she moving really fast like she's a bitch she's, she's getting mobilized. around quick hey, so she has this reputation apparently as being like i guess a ball buster or something like that so why wouldn't she whenever she's in this job be more outspoken and like be unless like maybe this reputation was not earned or who I mean it's hard to say but I think it's because she was a boss like a woman in a position of power that immediately she has to be a bitch because that's how jobs work Guys, how come on. People, if a yeah, woman has a better position than you, then she, she is unfortunately mean. is yeah. a bitch. She's a mean. She's, mean. She's yeah. a mean. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing is confusing. And then the, the the romantic pursuit and their romantic relationship is also very troubling. Ooh. Where first he absolutely hates her just based on her reputation alone. He hate he resents the fact that she was hired instead of him for this promotion. Mm. He does all this stuff to undermine her. It's inappropriate. Steals her ideas. Oh, and then whenever she's first introduced, there's like this weird like male gaze shot of just her legs where he's like on the oh, ground picking yeah. up a pen or something. And he's like looking at her legs and then it like pans up in this like weird male gazy shot that like doesn't need to happen. But I guess it's, it's to long. establish that like, oh, too- wow, she's attractive and they're going to end up together. I but also- like this is overly critical but it is of mel gibson so i don't think it matters i think he has a dead tooth (laughs) i kept pausing it to be like i think he has a dead tooth i think mel gibson has a dead tooth in this yeah which with the 70 million dollar budget you could get you a live tooth real quick (laughs) cut the cut the fucking vegas scene and get this man a tooth right we need uh jerry bruckheimer in there to get him some veneers he had a shadow tooth it was (laughs) haunting me yeah bruckheimer would not be having any of this no bruckheimer would be better to like take him out put in a new set At, at any it expense. is distracting like how are you, you supposed to be extra super fine and then and he's got a dead tooth <laughs> also like that moment in the beginning where she's speaking and she does like it seems like she's on top of her shit she comes in with some products she already has work for everyone to do and he's like with his foil i think the guy who's his best friend is min- meant to be a foil of like yeah mel gibson's trash but look at this other creepy little more trash guy right. he's always he's in his shorter chair. he's shorter <laughs> and he's got a douche face <laughs> right so, he's got to be worse than mel like what <laughs> is this guy's purpose but they're yeah. snickering and undermining her as she talks yep. mm-hmm. and then when even when they begin to become friends it was very disturbing to me because there is a power dynamic of this is your boss dude and it, he never treats her like she's his boss Mm-mm, he no. grabs her chair that's on wheels and pulls, pulls it, it close to him yeah what? right well, they're work, and yeah, he's like her underling, and it's yes. never. It's always she's like. like <laughs> 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 I the thinking about like someone who works for you being like, get over here! I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> You're. And Jamie, then, I'm gonna pull your chair closer yeah, to me right now. Like, get over here! No matter who did that to me, I, I would probably hit she them. Just, she's I would also slap sick. Them. She's like, I'm oh, yeah. sick. I don't feel. And she's like, he's like, I don't care. <laughs> You're like, ah. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, he's doing all this horrible stuff. And then, uh, I mean, not to mention the 
very unequal power dynamic of him being able to hear her innermost thoughts. <laughs> yes. What he should have done when he realized he has this ability is go to like Walden Pond and close himself up in a cabin and never leave again. <laughs> like that's what a good person would have done. But instead he's like, oh, I can hear every woman's thoughts. Better take advantage of this. I don't know what he, I don't like, I have no suggestion for what he should have done <laughs> except for like not what he did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, the way that like the magic of the hearing women's thoughts is very vague and that's fine. Whatever. Like there's no way to explain it that is going to make any fucking sense. But I, I, he's stealing women's thoughts and weaponizing their own innermost thoughts against them. And then on top of that, the writing of their thoughts is like nonsense. And yeah, the fact that he has to get so physically close to a woman to hear her thoughts. He's like, uh-huh. And like, <laughs> The, oh, my least favorite one, but also the most egregious one was like when he literally like there's such a women joggers are constantly assaulted. It's like a known thing. But he, Mel Gibson just stands directly behind one and jogs after her to hear her thoughts. I'm like, she thinks you're going to kill her. Yes, like right. that's. Ooh, it's and how bad. are her thoughts not about that? Like, right. why are her like, thoughts not, like, who right. is this man? Okay, put my car keys in between my fingers. Yeah. Like, these are the real thoughts of this woman right. who you're jogging behind. Yes. Also, Loretta Devine being in this movie. Oh, my uh, God. Which I was also, Loretta? Loretta. I feel like Loretta is uh, the Samuel Jackson, like the black woman Samuel Jackson, just like up in movies with the same accent. And I'm like, Loretta, how did you get it? This movie. <laughs> oh. Her character. And then she's attracted to him. She's like, mm, right. gotta get yeah. some of that white chocolate. Because that's what black women are thinking about white men, for sure. <laughs> Right. That's my first thought. That's all, not it. All the women no. of color in this movie, which uh, of which there are not many, are like relegated to either like service jobs, service housekeeper, and, jo- and they're all in service. Part. They're yeah. all in service roles, and then they're they're just like made the butt of a joke mostly, like yeah. especially yeah. with Loretta Devine, because it's like, look how horny she is. Isn't that hilarious? She's so horny for him. You would never <laughs> think, right? That, but... It is funny that a woman would be attracted to Mel Gibson, but it's like you have fucking <laughs> Loretta Devine here. Use her, yeah, correctly. Mm-hmm. This makes me fucking pissed Ugh. off. The housekeeper character, too. I think that it seems like a, a, this movie assumes that it can say a lot of horrible things as long as the the woman it's being done against thinks something later. But to me, that makes it way worse because they never actually say anything. So you just realize that, like, women are nervous or, f- like, afraid in this world and, like, in the real world a lot of the time, too. Like, they're they're not going to say what they think because they're afraid of someone retaliating on them. Like, right. his housekeeper is, like, clearly, like hates him but doesn't want to get fired but so has to like take this abuse from him in order to remain employed like there's just so many dark subplots that are played as jokes where it's like well we at least now we know she thinks he's an asshole and like she knows he's a worthless alcoholic it's like yeah this is not good like we're we gotta help her yeah (laughs) you gotta help her but i think it was like more treated like women we know you feel this way around men so enjoy this movie where you realize all other women are in constant fear 
fear and discomfort around men. <laughs> but there's celebrate. Have a glass right. of wine. <laughs> but there's no catharsis because they're nope. just like, yeah, they don't escape their predicament. No, like, no, don't no, be no, stupid. No. Right. They never women never verbally challenge any of the men. It's just their thoughts, which again perpetuates the idea that it's like, well, women are never saying what they mean. We're impossible to figure out. We're just like keeping everything to ourselves. And but at like, the same time, we're always thinking about we're you. Always thinking oh, yeah. about Mel Gibson specifically. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. Poor Sarah Paulson. Like oh, Sarah what Paulson gets nothing. Talent. Another yeah, another great character actress who has nothing to do here. Like just And they pointed that in the movie even. It's like I have a degree from Yale or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And all I do is get his coffee, which is ironic because that's all she does in this movie. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. probably really does have a degree from me. She's like yeah. a very talented, like vetted actress. Oh. And uh, then, but then there's that scene where she's like she's yeah she's like do you realize i have an ivy league education and that running your errands has put me into therapy why don't you take me seriously and give me some real work to do oh yeah i remember why it's because i have a vagina and it's like okay here's this again this movie's attempt at being like see we're doing like a feminist thing here right and it's like no sorry nancy he also has you are not two secretaries who have no thoughts, no thoughts. <laughs> oh, yeah. one of them is played by delta burke and they're like this is okay because we have a blonde and a brunette, so no one can say it's a dumb blonde because we also have a brunette, and that neither of these bitches think ever. Also, uh. did did either of you see the decor in his like office? It's all like Vegas pinups. Like he's got some oh. mommy problems on display in his office because yeah, yeah. it's all old school pinups uh, that he goes in with his two, with his two secretaries who. I mean, I'm like, what is this commenting on? Like, just no, no thoughts whatsoever. They just, they're like, Mm-mm. no, we say what we mean, and what we mean is Mel Gibson rules. You're just like, <laughs> and oh. that's the only thought we have. Oh dear. And we straighten his tie, and we brush the lint off of him when he comes in. What is this? Who are these women? I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> There's there are many women characters in this movie, but often they only get a handful of scenes or just like a, a couple scenes and we don't see them again. Or they were part of a wacko subplot like the Judy Greer character. And, you know, we already touched on how irresponsibly depression and like suicidal ideation is handled in this movie. But like, yeah, what was anyone thinking no one was. No one was thinking that whole. I mean, the Judy Greer thing. It's like I don't. I don't even know how deep I. I feel like we we basically touched on it because they're hi. I have a male dog taking up too much space. Excuse me. I don't. I don't know. The Judy Greer thing is is a fucking disaster, and I feel like analyzing it too closely is almost just like what's the point because right, no yeah. one was thinking about it in the first place. Uh, I, I do want to talk a little bit about his relationship with his daughter. Yes. Yes. Because uh, that's framed. We get we don't really get to know his ex-wife very well, except for the fact that he fucking hates her. At the end, we don't really know if that relationship has changed or how justified it was mm-hmm. in the first place. Also, he tries to kiss her on the mouth at her own wedding to another man. Like, came <laughs> in and disrespected the fuck out of her. He's like, but first. Yeah. <laughs> like, he did ask. He's like, can I kiss yeah. you? And she's like, yeah. And she thinks it's going to be like a, ki- a, a cheek kiss. <laughs> and he goes into her mouth and he's like, she goes, Ugh. And then the guy that they get to be her new husband is obviously some typecast of whatever a dorky man is supposed to look like. It's like, look, she went from this hot Mel Gibson stud to this cornball dorky guy. Beta, like they're there. It reminded me of the new dad or new boyfriend in the Santa Claus. 
Like oh, where it's like yeah. where Tim Allen's supposed to look like a super alpha because this other guy's wearing a sweater. <laughs> You're just like, I don't believe this. I can't respect but, this man wearing a sweater. Right. They're like, uh, he's wearing a sweater and he loves you. Uh, fuck off. You could have had it bad with me. <laughs> you could have had it bad with me. Because <laughs> you'll be suffering yeah. with a sexy man. <laughs> It's worse in the Santa Claus because I don't even think Tim Allen was ever like positioned as a sexy person, he's so not. it's just confusing. Tim Allen has never been attractive. Uh-uh. He's not sexy. Isn't oh. he also like all? He's a Republican. Or yeah. 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 So fuck no, him no, straight no, to no, hell. No, 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 no. Anyways, um, yeah, the team, the like the relationship with his daughter. Yeah, it's he's so irresponsible with his daughter. Every person in his life is an afterthought, which was yeah. really disturbing to me. Like he catches his daughter making out with a douchey kid who's eighteen and looks like trouble, and then he's like, "Get up! You can't have none of my daughter's vagina." <laughs> and then, and then they both leave together. Right, right. I'm like, what? Like, well, good job, Mel. Now they're just gonna fuck, fuck elsewhere. Like, like, if you're gonna have sex with my daughter in an alley, you go. <laughs> <laughs> won't be on my couch like he just kicks them out right that whole oh another scene that went on way too long is the scene to what a girl wants by Christina Aguilera oh. where his daughter's trying on prom dresses for five minutes and Val Gibson's just spinning in a chair yeah. doing reactions this is how much people thought we loved Mel Gibson that they were like we don't have to put dialogue in we don't need jokes the girl doesn't even have to say anything let's just keep showing Mel sitting in a chair. I think Mel is just like, I just finished a 201 class and I kind of want to show off what I've got. And he starts fucking improvising. He does the same thing in the dancing and makeup scene, but the spinning in a chair, I'm like, I don't even know if they're in the same room when this is being filmed because he's just spinning. Yeah. Maybe and they weren't. They're like, look, Mel has a very tight schedule. We're just going to shoot him spinning around and he's going to say, next, next, next. There's no he way. He says, thank you, next. Thank so. you, next. Thank <laughs> you, next. Mel gave us that. I was like, how would you you and but I, was, maybe they weren't in the same room for that now I i'm starting to think that that was one of those like where they just had a tennis ball as an eyeline for her <laughs> when they shot her shit and was like just male is gonna be right there you just be like but dad because like, he says nothing that really corresponds with what she's saying the reactions never line up i'm like i guess it's not 2000 and i don't but like all the dresses are horrible they're horrible <laughs> there's no wide shot there's no, no. two shot oh my god they were never in they the same i think there place. is a two they shot where this is two together yeah damn it. okay Cause, yeah because he's theory. trying to pull she has <laughs> she has a, like a leather jacket on one of and he keeps trying to pull it off and then there's another oh, one right. where he's like trying to put is like his head in it or was uh, it just hands it, it was the, his whole body unfor- okay, okay. unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> we had to see his there. whole body <laughs> it's, it's like, like an andy circus kind of <laughs> Mel Gibson, like For cgi sure. hands just <laughs> 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 Uh, those dresses were very bad and she chooses one of the worst ones and he's like yes you look amazing and then she looks and because she's a girl she looks in the mirror and thinks I wish I had some boobies to fill out this dress and then we're like oh their relationship is going well but then they have a, a dinner together and I mean basically he's saying like hey don't fuck. I know I've never done anything for you. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. But it's critical you don't fuck. And, <laughs> I know that. And she's she's 
I mean, one of like the better moments for her where she's like, no, fuck you. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. But then (laughs) that scene ends. Bless you. uh, That scene ends with apparently every other woman in the restaurant who are all facing him for some reason have an opinion on the conversation they could not have possibly heard. Right. I guess they're all always eavesdropping on other people's conversations. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's what is it? I don't what, know. What is it? I'm tired. And then their storyline ends when she doesn't fuck because she's crying at the prom. And then he's like, "Thank God you didn't fuck." And that's sort of where that's left. Like, there's no acknowledgement of like her sexuality, and he never accepts because of the way that storyline plays out. He never has to accept that his daughter is growing up. He literally tucks her in like a little girl, and it's yeah. like. Phew. I'm a great dad. I gotta go leave the house and fuck Helen Hunt. Like he also didn't know that she was going to the prom. He didn't he see forgot. her off. Yeah. Like like you know, parents usually like see you off or take pictures. pictures of you. Yeah. Like <laughs> the mom calls from a cruise. It's like, yeah. hey, uh, something's wrong with our kid. <laughs> it's wild. and then he has just he gets that call. Fresh off of saving Judy Greer's life, and is like, shit, the prom. Yeah. I'm like, are oh. you serious? He's going from a suicide rescue to a prom, and there, and then he gets to the prom, and he's like, hey, I'm sorry, I forgot prom, and she's like, that's not what it is. I was like, but it could be, like, I yeah, I hate. It's the whole like eight simple rules of dating my teenage daughter kind of thing, where it's like. Like, why? Uh, I get that you, like, parents want to, you know, protect their children and stuff like that. But we see so much of these stories of, like, parents, especially the fathers, being like, well, she's my baby girl, so no one, no other boys can touch her. Yeah. Uh, I have control over her body and her sexuality. Right. What? Why is this weird male ownership of uh, daughters I don't thing? know. And it's a huge thing. Huge, it's like, huge thing. Huge my thing. daughter don't fuck, so right. I'm the best dad. <laughs> There was a girl, and I don't know what religion this ceremony was affiliated with, but it's basically like something that happens when you're in your early teens where you do this weird ceremony where you basically marry your dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a promise uh, ring. You get a promise ceremony with your dad. Yeah, with your dad. You're like, I promise I won't fuck dad i'm married to you dad until i'm married to some other man who owns me and then i we won't fuck because that's weird but we'll dance together and you we'll give we'll me this ring really close yeah <laughs> and, and take like creepy pictures together with like Dressed the teen girl white. sitting on her dad's lap a lot of the time yeah. i mean i don't want to be disrespectful Ooh. to any real but like that is that is fucking scary troubling yeah to say the least it's like a weird property ball mm-hmm. uh before we keep i i i watched watched this movie with my boyfriend last night and well, he, brag. he thank you so much <laughs> with a man that loves me uh, <laughs> but he had a little theory was he I reading thought, your thoughts though uh, I, if he is he is very horrible because uh no i have to explicitly tell him every thought i'm having and i do uh so his theory was that mel gibson when the hair dryer hits the water the first time mel gibson dies and then his version of hell is having to hear what women think. Oh. 
and that's what the whole movie is. I was like, whoa, okay. Where this is like his Groundhog Day purgatory style. Like the last thing he wanted in life was to know what women were thinking. And I'm like, you're giving the writing of this movie way too much credit, but I wasn't true. I do enjoy that theory. Yeah, and it makes maybe... sense because that's why he's trying to like electrocute himself again to stop it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, I wanted to quickly talk about the scene where his daughter and uh, her boyfriend walk in on him while he's trying on all like the different quote feminine products and uh it's meant to be this like hugely embarrassing moment for him because like movies and society in general love to make fun of men when they're doing anything that might be considered feminine so you know he's got on the tights and the nail polish and all this stuff and it's always framed as like wow how embarrassing for him because like mixing traditionally feminine things with traditionally masculine like with a traditionally masculine man is so weird and this movie is no exception it does that very thing which is bad and then yeah i feel like there's like that i mean can we hit that homophobic storyline we must yeah so what happens here is basically that uh he's the god of sex now apparently he has sex with lola and she's really into him and she thinks the sex was great and he doesn't call her because now he's falling in love with darcy so then lola basically stalks him and like hangs outside of his building like her face pressed up against the window you like know how you oh, casually wait for someone oh my and then she's like i've been here for six hours just with like, my oh, hands pressed on the window dear. and my face yeah. like peering inside like that's an uncomfortable position to hold for six hours yeah and then she's like wait a minute you didn't call me and 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 you're 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 sensitive and and you think like a woman and you act like a woman and and all that stuff so that must mean you're gay right and he's like huh and then she's he's hearing her thoughts and, and he she's saying like chooses. if he's not gay i'll be so sad and upset and so to like not hurt her feelings he struggles to say yeah it's because i'm gay and then she's like how gay and he's like is gay is it gay and like it's like that <sighs> like what, what part of this isn't wrong sunny stop Sunny, so, Sunny, you just seat. touched my breast. Sunny, <laughs> God. Now spill coffee on me. You're just like Gibson. She's like, she's loving this. <laughs> she's so into it. It's also weird because it's like, is this the conception that people have of homosexuality? Is like, oh, because oh. I'm gay, I'm no longer a man. Like, I'm no longer masculine in any way. I'm no longer a right. man. I'm a woman. Respect. Which is bad. And right. also, what? That's not how anything works. And what? It's like, li- but not only is like listening and respecting a woman makes you gay, and that's really bad. bad. That's the worst thing you can like. Be. Mel can he has to really. It's supposed to be an equal exchange that mm-hmm. he listen to this woman's thoughts. Like, first of all, harassed the shit out of her to get this date. Yeah. Then yeah. listened to all her thoughts and manipulated her to have sex with her. Then did ghosted not call her for her. six days. Ghosted her so hard that she showed up to his damn house. Him saying that he's gay is supposed to be a fair and equal exchange. Right. Mm-hmm. What? It's not, I mean, it's it's like very obviously insulting to any queer person <laughs> that he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to take this opportunity so that I can ghost this woman effectively, which is horrible. 
every impl- her opinions on queer people are horrible. Yeah. His reinforcing that and taking advantage of it is horrible. And just the implication of like what being gay means in this scene is Awful. weird. It's yes. weird. But yeah. also this felt like a moment that was written by a woman as a Ooh, as a former not woke and still always waking up much more every day even Uh as we Mm talked like me referencing like oh like attractive men don't get written up for sexual harassment as much it's like oh wow that is something that is ingrained in me because i'm supposed to think that if you're attractive that oh you can disrespect me or be you know inappropriate right yeah even that moment i was like whoa that's still something that's in my mind thank you uh Uh patriarchy (laughs) but like i think a woman wrote this because I think a common thing that a lot of women do to escape uh, unwanted male advancements is be like, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And I think that this was supposed to yeah. be the like, oh, that that's that's what we use on men that we don't want all the time. So they will leave us alone. Either we say we're property, like I have a boyfriend yeah. mm-hmm. or we say I'm gay. And then I my brain has no way to want you physically. So you shouldn't feel bad that I don't want you. And I was like, right. Oh, and then he uses that same approach. Is that supposed to seem like a moment of growth? I think it's supposed to appeal to women. Like, look, a man did this thing that we have to do because we just can't say no with our own agency because men won't accept that. Right. Like, you, there's no option for like she has to prove in various. And I guess that is the position Mel's put in is like, well, if I'm single, what can I say? Say, Why can't I say I didn't want her without? just rejecting someone clearly but it's different because it's like if mel gibson rejected her she's not gonna attack him like something isn't like going to he's not gonna be i feel like right. the, the reason women are afraid to reject it's men because is because totally of our fear our, of our, being our, hurt by men exactly. physically or killed right and that's why this moment is even more gross to me because i feel like it's trying to liken what we do sometimes to be safe as right. like oh look he's doing it it, it totally not for the misses same the point. Reasons. He's doing it because he's a coward, not right? Because not. he's fearing for his safety. Exactly. And like, that's why I was like, "This is." And I think that's I think that's their underlying justification for doing something horrible to so many different people in this moment mm-hmm. of like yeah. trying to treat homosexuality like it's this. I think they were trying to be like, "But look, now we're using it like how you women use it when you're not actually gay. When it's like we don't. Like, if if which if women are not, still doing that, please don't. Like that's not of course, good. Not something. Like just say like, and I know like we do have to like our our safety is sometimes in in danger when we reject certain types of unhinged men. But it's still a common thing that people do. Yeah, I see it on the internet all the time. Like Same. if you don't like the guy, just tell him you're gay. What? No. But it was a thing that like I can't blame women who have done it because I'm like shit. Like men will kill you if you need to escape. <laughs> like you need to escape. Right, but it's right. not right. And I think that moment right. for me, I looked at it and I was like, this is oh. And it's just totally played for a joke in every way. Of yeah. like, man, he really got away with that. And then he, you get the feeling he feels a little bit bad, but never enough to apologize. And never enough. Nope. I mean, you know, the second. That interaction's over. He's he's just gonna go to a different coffee shop and that's it. Right. And he doesn't have to apologize to her because he's gonna apologize to the respectable woman that he exactly. cares about. So he don't gotta apologize to this other woman that he completely fucked over. Like, right. Not a working class person who you fuck like a service. She's person. a wannabe actress who makes coffee, which means her life is worth. So nothing. she's fucking silly, mm. and you don't need to respect her. And she's. I mean, it sounds like she was told to like 
play dumb. Oh, for sure. Like, because Marissa Tomei can be subtle. She is not here. No. And yeah. she's frazzled and anxious in yeah. these moments yeah. and showing up at his house. So, yeah, they tried to play her like... I think in the minds of men, the women that they toy with, like, oh, this woman's just a dumb bimbo. It's mm-hmm. okay if I disrespect her because she doesn't respect herself, which is right. so fucked up. It's Ugh. Was that all of the sidebars? <laughs> I, let me look through. Oh, I just like, I mean, I feel like I'm missing so much. I mean, even just like the, the list funny. of the like women's products that they have to figure out how to target two women which are also just it reminds me of that scene in elf kind of where it's like oh the girls want dolls and like makeup kits and and it's like everything that would be considered a woman's product is stuff like anti-wrinkle cream mascara lipstick like nail polish all the stuff capitalist feminist like and that's never addressed in any way of like yeah we need to sell these really expensive products to women because the world has taken such a concerted effort to make them seem like they need to look a certain way blah 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 that's just Mm -hmm. like not touch on it it also doesn't make any sense because if we're even talking in like a heteronormative society where we do force this kind of shit on women I'm pretty sure bitches know about Great Lash like we know yeah. we know where to get it if yeah. we want Great Lash we're gonna go buy it like I don't think you have to target women with that I think they're the demographic right for that and lipstick and for pantyhose yeah. and for everything in that box exactly. women already buy they, I, I was right. like shouldn't y'all be trying to sell I don't know like a car engine to women or something that <laughs> something harder stereotypically to... women aren't in the market for wouldn't that be that would have been and, a, cha- the challenge. a challenge and the way that like Mel Gibson interacts with these products when he's trying them on like the the thing that I was like ah like when he does the leg wax and I just don't need any more scenes of men I thought of the 40 year old virgin oh, scene yeah. where you're like oh my god waxing actually hurts no like they're <laughs> you're just like obviously it hurts but uh, his reaction to that is like why do these women do this to themselves and I'm like because you would have nothing to do with them if they didn't because you're right. a fucking nightmare but he does that's not it's right. just a quick joke it's like when uh, like men make fun of women for taking so long to get ready and it's like well we only do that because you've placed such unrealistic standards of beauty on us right you get to wake idiot. up and shower you wash <laughs> the crack of your ass and I'm supposed to be excited but, you, but I gotta go in the room like a fucking demolition and yeah. rip all the hair out of my follicles and fucking paint my face and jab mm-hmm. myself in the eye with mascara and shit. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then also the last thing in that box of women's products was a Visa card because women be shopping. <laughs> women be shopping. Why did she put, why did she go to put that in? She's like, I and also know. here's a Visa card just in case you didn't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, the, so women, aunt. you use the Visa card to buy, to buy these, things. these things. You're like, oh, oh I got it, I got it, I got it. Works. No one's good at their job. <laughs> no, they really are not. And some people's jobs I truly don't understand. He has two secretaries with no thoughts, but he asks the woman (laughs) with the degree to get him his coffee. (laughs) Like, don't you have two secretaries with no thoughts? How many assistants do you need? What do you do? What do you do? You have 35 assistants, and they're like, we're going to the 44th floor. (laughs) What? Also, your office is big as shit. Like, how much bigger could it get? Oh, and don't forget the part where Sarah Paulson's boyfriend from Israel gives Mel Gibson a yarmulke. Yes, oh. forgot about that. He probably like just took that off the set at the end of the day of shooting and then like burned it or something because he's such oh, a right. fucking uh, piece oh, of God. shit who there... hates Jewish people. 
This is this is still to this day the second highest grossing rom com ever. Are you kidding, kidding me? Still to this day, <sighs> to this day. That's why they remaking the shit. <laughs> they're they're like, well, it worked. Yeah, the only thing that's uh, oh, this is inter- the only more successful rom com is my big fat Greek wedding. Oh, really? Huh. I love that movie. That's fascinating. What next? Uh, right between <laughs> my big fat Greek wedding and Hitch. Yo, oh. Hitch was good. We gotta it's do an episode bad. on Hitch. I got, yeah, yeah. I, like, I gotta revisit Hitch. I loved it when it came out. And I was thinking about the show, obviously, as I was watching this. I had a two-parter it. I fell asleep last night. I had to just pause it and then we watched the rest <laughs> in the morning. So I was just, I can't take it. My brain was like, no, stop. It's too much. Stop assaulting me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I was really trying to think of, like, did women talk to each other? And that one girl did talk to herself, but that doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah, you would think with all the characters oh, God, who yeah. we see who are women in this movie, they would interact more, but... As far as I could tell, I was shocked. They only interact no. with Mel. Yeah, pretty they, much. Yeah, they barely interact with other men. From what I could tell, there's a bunch of scenes at the very beginning of women talking about Nick to other unnamed women who do not respond. So by no means do any of those and we pass never know what their the Bechdel test. Are, yeah. We see Lola talking to her female colleague in the coffee shop about her auditioned, but she, the other characters, is unnamed. Mm-hmm. So that does not pass. Um, Alex, Mel Gibson's daughter in the movie, um, talks to her mom, Gigi. Mostly they talk about um, either Cameron or Mel Gibson, mm -hmm. but there is a two-line exchange where one says, I'm going to miss you, and the other one says, I'm going to miss you too. But she's only saying that they're going to miss each other because her mom is about to go on a hetero honeymoon with a man. So (laughs) On a boat that we needed to see. (laughs) Yeah, we have to. Um, And then Dina, that's the character who um, is starting to pitch an idea to Darcy about Advil, but their conversation only happens in the background and it's immediately interrupted by Nick, who's like, wait a minute, I'm a man and I have an idea, so it's my turn. Yeah. And then um, Darcy's assistant, who is played by Arden Marine, um, talks to Darcy a couple times, but I don't think that character is ever named. Mm. And then Alex has a like a three line exchange with a few of her friends about prom dresses, but the friends are never named. So they're like, there's just a handful of times where women do interact, but it's almost always about men or the other characters aren't named or something I don't know. Else. I think the daughter mother exchange, I can't, this movie. No, I would say it's I say no, because especially I refuse. <laughs> yeah. I guess by our rules that would technically pass, but also it's such, that's not a meaningful conversation. Like it's, we hardly see women interacting, and it is... I refuse. What a, women want is Mel Gibson uh, and, uh, and nothing else. No. A flawed <laughs> premise. A flawed premise from the jump. Like, like the name of the movie. What a dirty-ass trick. Like, you're like, what women want? Yes, I'm a woman. I want I'm things. I'm a woman? Wait, is this what I want? I want okay. Mel Gibson. <laughs> I want him to dance to Frank Sinatra for five minutes. I want to watch him. I want to watch his old man abs i don't know oh lord jesus oh god the i the fact that we see mel gibson's abs is so upsetting. much why for so long it was so long that i i counted them and noticed how much they were on the screen really <laughs> yes the, i feel like when you start looking at a body part and you know like you're like oh i'm looking at abs it's mm-hmm. like they they lingered 
They were there too. And then also when he was having sex with Marissa Tomei, her thoughts went straight to, wow, he's got such a great body. I'm like, stop gaslighting me. Stop this. She does make fun of his uh, tall penis. And by tall, I mean small. Small. Yeah, small. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, Well, it doesn't pass the back I don't think so either. Let's rate it. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead and give this zero nipples. Yeah. I mean, everything from the horrible way in which the romantic story plays out, the idea that women only have thoughts that are about traditionally female things, or they only have thoughts about Mel Gibson, just the way the queerness is portrayed, the way... Fucking Mel Gibson. (laughs) The way queerness is portrayed, the way that suicidality oh, is gosh. handled, the way that just everything everything is mishandled in this movie, and it's like very feeble attempts to make a feminist message, feminist for to the year two thousand, yeah. are d- just do not land or hold up in any sort of way today, and I don't even know that they would have in that year either. Really offensive on every level. <laughs> just horribly done in every single way. So it's yeah. another example. Of- of uh, you know, media that is you know created and, and directed and co-written by women that really fucking misses the mark. But as we have all admitted earlier in this episode, you know, it we've we're growing. We uh, all as people are continuing to wake up. So hopefully Nancy Myers is doing that also. Oh gosh, Nancy, wake up, sis. Yes, <laughs> it's Seriously. not too late. It's not, it's too, not late. too late. Stop hitting snooze. <laughs> Join us, please. Um, uh, so yeah, this is a piece of shit movie and it gets zero nipples. Yeah, I'm the same. Zero nipples. It's just a fucking disaster on every level. The fact that it was so popular is... Uh, just means that yeah, we gotta keep we gotta keep questioning stuff just because the movie says hey this is what you want don't don't you don't, <laughs> don't have to agree yeah. you don't have to agree it's okay you don't have to see the movie uh, you know I uh, God I the only thing I'm grateful for is this movie. I mean, I guess it is being remade, but like it doesn't seem to have much of a following or a a legacy anymore, especially for a movie that was this popular. Like it made more money than Pretty Woman, but there's like movies like that will still have a fan base. And yeah, yeah, like it's not not everything about every rom com that was successful in this era uh, is completely abhorrent the way Mm -hmm. this is. So yeah, zero. It's it's the worst. And Mel Gibson is ugly he sucks so, so fucking bad what zero. a piece of shit zero anyway yeah. i'll give it um one cat nipple oh. uh, can't be a human nipple because this movie's really inhumane um i i remember this movie from my childhood and i remember like i guess oh i don't even know how i enjoyed it i, I was nine so yeah. uh, you know Lacey, i'm not gonna i think the nostalgic nine-year-old to me is like you can have like an animal nipple yeah. uh, you know why I, this is why because there's so many women that i love in this movie yeah um they're not utilized at all but mm-hmm. i do love seeing them and i'm an actor so sometimes i look at stuff and i'm like oh girl but you got that chick though yeah. so yeah <laughs> thanks nancy for getting a bunch of women paid at least to support 
supporting role, sag rate. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, this movie can have no real lady nipples at all <laughs> no. because it's so fucking abhorrent. I didn't even realize until we started breaking down that Marissa Tomei gay scene how disturbed it is yes. on so many different levels. It's just, uh, this is bad, guys. Please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this and I'm a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it. Please ask any woman today if this is what they wanted. <laughs> and I guess we should have known because you called the movie What Women Want, but you ain't called none of us beforehand. It was like, hey, <laughs> what just, do you want? This is what you want. <laughs> you just decided this is what we wanted. I think the remake should also be called What Women Want because it, this time it's at least a woman who's the protagonist of the story yeah. and we yeah. will get a sense of what she wants. But hearing mm-hmm. men's thoughts just seems like a hell, like real oh, hell. Yeah. Like I think they tried to make this, a, I think your boyfriend has onto something about this maybe being Mel Gibson's hell in this movie, <laughs> but it's not a fair flip because no. hearing men's thoughts really would be my own personal hell. I don't yeah. want to know what they're thinking. They're already doing too much with their face and their eyes <laughs> and their mouth. And their actual words. So men are allowed to say whatever they want. Right. So we know what they're thinking. I'm like, who wants to know what a fucking cat caller's thinking? Hey, blue sweater, nice ass. What else is back there? I don't want to know. I don't. (laughs) Right. What they're saying is going through a little bit of a filter. So like, what is, what is not. Unfiltered? Yeah. uh, I don't want to know. Well, we'll see. (laughs) This was a trial. Yes. Lazy, well, thank you for joining us. Sorry that we keep making you watch these upsetting movies. This is two hours. It's <laughs> so long. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having we me. We love you dearly. Same. Where can people follow you online? What would you like to plug? Oh, you can follow me at uh, D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Venmo. Um, <laughs> please, please Venmo Lacey, at least $10. Uh, <laughs> send me your money. Um, <laughs> no, other people know I scam on um, in my daily life. Yeah. Um, I'm known for it. It's you are fine. the scam goddess, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Blessing the people by <laughs> scamming them. Um, I So Hope Bechtel Test, this is a show uh, that it's about four women um, that I am one of the leads in called Florida Girls. Yay! And it'll be out in April on Pop TV. It'll also be streaming on either Netflix or Hulu. I'll have more info by then. So awesome. follow me if you want to find out. But it's about right. four women and it's a comedy and we never talk about men. Uh, yes. We don't give a fuck about them and it's very, very fun. I can't uh, wait to see it. Yes, uh, um, and I'll be on Single Parents on ABC uh, next month. I believe. <gasps> That's oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not talking about men either. Yeah, hell yeah! I'm, Never I'm talk about I'm men. I'm really getting lucky. <laughs> Yes, and then if you're in LA, UCB Theater, um, you can see me on Mama on Mod Night or Leroy on Harold Night. Awesome. awesome. Let's go to the shows, Jamie. Let's, Let's do check it. them out. Oh goodness, um, we are on social media as well at Bechtelcast. You can uh, subscribe to our Patreon, aka Matreon, at Patreon.com/slash/Bechtelcast, and you get two bonus episodes every single month, and it's only five dollars. And uh, our merch, go to tpublic.com slash thebechtelcast and grab our t-shirts and our feminist icon paraphernalia and all the goods are right there. And uh, Take care of yourselves. Don't watch this movie if you can avoid it. it Have a good day. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year 
Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.